welcome to the Fossil Huntress podcast. Today on the show, I'm going to take you on a geology field trip. So wherever you are in the world, close your eyes and fly all the way to Canada and then go to her farthest west coast to British Columbia and then north of Vancouver. And if we were in Alberta, north of Calgary and a little south of Edmonton is the Bowron Lake Provincial Park. For the Bowron Lakes, this is a geologic field trip and people do it in their kayaks or they do it in canoes. I'm a kayak girl, so I've strapped her on my Jeep and we're heading north from Vancouver up through Cache Creek where the Eocene insect and plant site of Maccabee sits perched on a hill. And we're gonna pass the well-bedded Permian limestones near Marble Canyon all the way into Bowron Provincial Park, which is a geologic gem near the gold rush town of Barkerville. The initial draw for me, given that collecting in a provincial park is forbidden and all the beautiful fossil exposures close at hand amount to a bunch of crushed crinoid bits and a few conodonts, was the opportunity to paddle through the gorgeous natural scenery and the beautiful extant living specimens of the Bowron Canoe Circuit. So this is about 150,000 hectare geologic wonderland. Coming together in the Bowerns is a fortuitous combination of plate tectonics and glacial erosion that have carved an unusual 116 kilometer near continuous rectangular circuit of lakes, streams and rivers bound on all sides by snow-capped mountains. So from all descriptions, something like heaven. So the plan is you get your kayak and your canoe, you fill them with the goodies you wanna take on the trip, so it's a camping trip. And then when you paddle across a body of water, whether that's fording a river or crossing a lake, at the end of that, you take it all, all those supplies back up, put them in your backpack, and then you forge your way across to the next lake. The east and south sides of the route are bound by the imposing white peaks of the Caribou Mountains, the northern boundary of the interior wet belt. So they rise up across the Rocky Mountain Trench and the Isaac Formation, the oldest of seven formations that make up the Caribou Group. 270 million years ago, if you'd wanted to buy waterfront property in what is now British Columbia, you'd be looking somewhere between Prince George and the Alberta border. The rest of the province had yet to arrive, but would be made up of over 20 major terrains from around the Pacific. The rock that eventually became the Caribou Mountains and formed the lakes and valleys of Bowron was far out in the Pacific, down near the equator. With tectonic shifting, these rocks drifted north and northeast, riding their continental plate until they collided with and joined the Cordillera in what is now British Columbia. And then continued pressure and volcanic activity helped create the tremendous slopes of the Caribou Range that we see today and that we're paddling through on this trip. Then with repeated bouts of glaciation during the Pleistocene, they carved them to their final shape. A cool morning breeze keeps the mosquitoes down as we pack our kayaks and canoes and gear and get ready for today's paddling journey. So imagine it's day four of our trip, a couple days driving up from Vancouver, and we're gonna head out onto Isaac Lake. 
as we brace our way into a headwind along the east side of the fjord Lake Isaac, paddling in time to the wind, and we can soak up the view of this vast, deep green, ocean-like expanse that runs L-shaped for nearly 38 kilometers, forming nearly half of the total circuit. The rock we paddle past is primary calcareous phyllite with a mixture of limestone and quartzite, so typical of the type locality for this group. These rocks were laid down at the time in our geologic history between the first algae and the first multicellular animals. And as we paddle past, it's striking how much this lake fits exactly how you might picture pristine wilderness paddling in your mind's eye. So no power boats, no city hum, just pure silence broken only by the sound of your paddle pulling through the water and the occasional burst of glee from one of the park's many songbirds. For this journey, we've chosen kayaks over the more popular canoes. Um, I got my first taste of the handling capacities of a canoe in poor weather on uh, the Lake in Valhalla Provincial Park and with the pushing of the wind, you kept us off course in all but the lightest conditions. So for this trip, we're doing it in low profile Kevlar style and I've got my little skirt around me to keep the water out. And kayaks are uh, amazing vehicles. They're quite light and versatile. And during this trip, as well as being a mode of transport, they were briefly conscripted into service as a bear shield. Um, so I'll tell you about that part of the tale later. So versatile, those kayaks. The areas we're paddling through are as green as the water is blue. A huge variety of plant life, big trees, uh, carpeting of dogwood, a prolific ground cover we see in full bloom. Moss, mushrooms are on every surface. There are yellow lilies lining the pathways and floating in the clear, cold lake water. At some point, somebody had suggested I bring a bathing suit to the park, but at the moment, I can't imagine lowering anything more than my paddle into these icy waters. To reach the west side of the paddling route, we must face uh, a couple of several kilometers of muddy portaging trails and then meet up with the Isaac River and paddle rapids to grade two. As we get to the launch site where we're going to enter the river, we run into a couple of fellow kayakers who are feeling a little nervous about the rapids. It's been raining now for 40 plus days, so the water is high and fast. And so we send people down one by one. I'm last, hot on the heels. Um, and it's a short, thrilling ride down the Isaac River in a flurry of paddle spray and playing around amid all the stumps and silt and conglomerate. As we push out of the Isaac River and settle into McCleary Lake, the accommodation gods smile on us. There's an old trapper cabin here that was built back in the 1930s and it's vacant and inviting. So instead of, instead of having to put up a, a wet, soggy tent this evening, it is a dry, dry cabin. And from here we can see several moose, large and lumbering and peaceful animals. Uh, they're in the deer family, feeding on the grass like sedge on the far shore. The next morning we paddle leisurely down the slower silt-laden Caribou River, avoiding the occasional deadhead and make our way into the milky glacier-fed Lansy Lake. Like most mountainous areas, the Bowerns make their own weather systems. So while it 
has been raining daily for 40 plus days. It hasn't been raining steady because the weather here changes about every 40 minutes. So that's great for rain because we know it's going to shift and bad for sun. And little clouds on the horizon that were light and airy just hours ago are now dark and ominous. So as we paddle along, we're careful to hug the shoreline, ready for a quick escape from the lightning as thunder showers break. Paddling through the rain, I notice little bits of mica in the water playing in the light. And the rock here changes from argillite and phyllite and schist. And as we go from Lanesi over to Sandy Lake, we start seeing old growth cedars lining the south facing slopes on our left and gray limestones and shales along the shore. Modeled in with the rock, we sneak up on some very convincing stumps posing as large animals. So from a distance and in the, in the haze of the water, there are these big dark shapes and they look like bears, but as you get closer, they're burnt out or um, rotting stumps. And then we flow into Babcock Lake, an area edged with lower Cambrian limestone, more shale, more argillite. At the time these rocks were laid down, the earth was just seeing our earliest relatives, the chordates were entering the geologic scene. As we reach the end of Babcock Lake and prepare for our next portage, I get out my camera to take advantage of the angle of the sun and the eroded, rounded hilltops of the Quinell Highlands that stand as a backdrop. And one of my companions says that she can see a moose a little ways off and that it appears to be heading our way. Yes, heading our way quickly with a baby moose in tow. So I lift my lens to immortalize that moment and we three realize at exactly the same time that it's a mama moose, a baby moose being chased by a grizzly at top speed. So they're to the curve of the lake, they're just to our left, but at their feet, it is just a froth of white water as they rush towards us. Now, a full-grown moose is a big animal. Picture one of the largest thoroughbreds you'd ever seen. And they can run about 56 kilometers an hour, so slightly faster than a grizzly. And they're really strong swimmers. So had Mama been alone, she probably would have tried to outswim the bear. But currently, this is not the case. And from where we stand, we can see this white foam wash of water heading right towards us. In just a few seconds, and I only got one shot and I put it on my blog, the three of them were upon us. And I was wondering why Mama was outrunning the little one and why she wasn't staying to protect it. Um, but, I, but I felt her, her fear and I could see why just a few minutes later. So just in front of me, so a couple, maybe uh, two feet in front of me is a kayak. And then about oh, three or four feet in front of that is the tail end of the ranger, the ranger boat. And so Mama Moose runs straight at us, and I think she's going to jump right over us. So I grab Leanne's arm to hold her still, and Mum comes right up to the ranger boat, makes a hard 90-degree deke, and goes into the woods. The baby comes running up behind her, 90-degree deke, and goes into the woods. The grizzly, who is now frothing at the mouth from the thrill of the chase, comes up to the ranger boat, goes around it, stands directly in front of us, up on hind legs, frothing at the mouth, and it was like a Terminator moment, like just this massive bear um, standing directly in front of us. And then there was a snap in the woods. Mama 
probably stepped on something or snapped a twig. And the bear turned his head, honk, and then went back down on all fours, honk, 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 after the moose. And I was completely and utterly terrified. I'll likely never know if mama and baby got away, but I hope they did. And certainly the distraction they created let us get away. So we, we began our portage through the trail, which was in the same direction that the bear and the moose were running. And uh, got to the other side of the island and then began our, uh, our next level of paddling. The lakes are at an elevation of a little over 3,000 feet and both grizzly and bear sightings are really common. Both bear families descend from a common ancestor, um, a bear dog about the size of a raccoon that lived about 20 million years ago. And it seems an implausible lineage having just met one of their larger descendants. And as we'd been grumbling just a few hours earlier and joking as we paddled up on each dark stump, disappointed that it wasn't a bear, and now gripped with fear and potentially another bear encounter, uh, we were very glad as we slipped past stump after stump and discovered that the only thing moving about us were little wily chipmunks and um, uh, sp spruce grouse and various things that we'd see moving about and small birds. So not surprisingly, we paddled the next two lakes, Skoy and Spectacle Lake, in very good time. Uh, I think about halfway through um, Skoy, Philip had leaned over and said, you know, should we pull over and camp here? To which both Leanne and I said, no, we're going to keep paddling. So we, we, we paddled and portaged the last two lakes, catching up with um, those we'd met uh, going through the rapids when they'd been a little bit slow to, to reach the rapids. We now caught up with them um, at the final, uh, the tail end of the Bowerins. And here there's a cabin, so it's safety in numbers, and I'm sleeping indoors. And that evening I told the tale of our bear story with adrenaline still pumping through my veins. <laughs> and we share some camaraderie in Philip's pizza, and then Leanne told the tale of when Philip was paddling in the Arctic and survived a polar bear attack. So it was quite an adventure. At some point, someone pulled out a guitar and we just did some singing and had our small offerings of the last of our food. And it was a celebration, both separately and together, of making our way around that beautiful and immense mountain-edged circuit. <laughs>